2: and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
3: Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 1, 5, and 10-gig data plans with a limited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
2: With AT&T In-Car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash Wi to to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Let's be real about everything I do on this show. It's time to stop reading other people's success stories. I always tell people, people buy books, they watch TV. It's your story. That's the story I want you to start writing. And I always tell people to leave with their gifts, their passion, the things that they believe in. But what happens is a lot of people let their age, they let their friends, family, or coworkers stop them from planning or living their dreams. So I bring interviews on my show from celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and what I like to call industry decision makers who make a difference in people's lives. And they tell their stories, and hopefully the nuggets you get from their stories will push you forward to your successful story. My next guest is Rebecca Jarvis. She's an Emmy Award winning journalist. She is ABC News Chief Business Technology and Economics Correspondent, the host and creator of The Dropout, a top-rated podcast that chronicles the rise and fall of Elizabeth Holmes, and the host and creator of the highly acclaimed No Limits with Rebecca Jarvis podcast, which features game-changing women. Now, as Chief Business, Technology, and Economics Correspondent, she reports for all ABC News programs, including Good Morning America, World News Tonight with David Muir, Nightline 2020, and This Week with George Stephanopoulos. She is on the show to discuss the latest ABC News original. It is an in depth look at the jaw dropping stock market twists and turns and the stunning chain of events now synonymous with the name. GameStop. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations, Rebecca Jarvis. <laughs> hey, what an
1: introduction. Thank you for having me. I love what you're doing here. It's, it's fantastic. I love the conversations you're having and helping people really figure out the building blocks of success. So thank you for what you do. And thanks for having me.
2: Well, great, because uh, you, we're both storytellers. And uh, and when I read your stories, and I, like I told before we got off the air, I was, I just saw GameStop. I tra- when I try to do my interviews, I try to Watch what I'm or read a book the day before, or <laughs> see the shows or movies the day, you know, within a twenty four hour cycle. That with everything's fresh. I'm not writing notes or trying to remember something. And uh, but before we get started, in in I gave all these titles, but let's learn about your educational background. Can you tell us a little bit about you, how you got started from uh, from an academic standpoint, which led you to ABC through CBS. <laughs>
1: Yes, fantastic. Great. I'm glad we start there because it is such an important place to be in. So, grew up in Northeast Minneapolis. I grew up, my mom is a journalist. She's a writer. Um, and my grandfather was also a journalist. And I always wanted to do that as a career. But they both told me if you start that as a career, you're going to be graduating from college with a lot of student loan debt and you will not be able to pay it off if you start out as a journalist. So, I went to college at the University of Chicago. I always. Um, Uh, gravitated towards math as a kid. I loved math. I also liked writing. Um, And I ended up studying economics in college and then immediately pursuing jobs early on out of college in investment banking. And the reason I I share that is that for me, I was graduating pretty significantly in student loan debt. I had about $30,000 in student loan debt at my graduation. And I, in part, chose investment banking and a career in finance because for me, it was going to be a way that I was going to be able to know that I could make my student loan payments. I didn't have a financial safety net, so there wasn't anyone else who was going to be paying those student loan payments upon graduation. And I did that job for about two years until I got to a point where I felt like I could comfortably continue to pay down my loans and pay them off and then started at that point pursuing journalism jobs.
2: Well, th- those jobs have uh, led you to all these shows that you now respected and cover. But isn't there a lot of pressure or a lot of uh, a clear understanding that people come to you for the facts? And yeah. so th- you have to do your due diligence and your homework and you have to have relationships that, uh, that tell you this is the fact. Ride with it or run with the story.
1: Yeah. And just like you, you know, you mentioned at the top of this program, you do your homework, you do your research. And I spend a lot of time digging into the data and the information and looking at numbers. A lot of my work today is spent reading research reports. And especially in the early days of my career, starting out in finance, one thing I I tell a lot of people, um, they ask me what the best way to get into journalism is. And for me, the best way was not necessarily going at it directly. It wasn't starting out and applying to newspaper and TV jobs right away. Instead, it was having that financial background that both lends me credibility today when I have to look at complicated pieces of financial information. And that's certainly something that we did with GameStop, Um, the documentary you mentioned at the beginning that's now streaming on Hulu that chronicles the rise and fall of the GameStop stock price and the phenomenon. I mean, to be able to look at the stock market, you really do have to have, um, or at least for me, it comes. In handy to have a background in it and to really understand it so starting out in finance while it wasn't directly walking into a newsroom and starting out maybe as an intern or a junior level reporter it allowed me in some ways to fast track my career so that when I did start applying for journalism jobs I was coming into a newsroom with some credibility around this topic that I was going to cover which ultimately today is now business technology and the economy but in the early days of my career, was really business-based. And I could go to um, editors, and this is what I did. I cold called. I I was in Chicago at the time and I called up business editors in Chicago and asked them out for coffee. And I talked to them about their job, asked them how they got to where they got to. And I would go to each of those meetings with some ideas, pitches for them, story pitches. And at the end of the meeting, I would always say, I have some ideas that I would really like to share with you. Um, I'd be interested in, in writing them for you if you ever had an opportunity for that. And I would share the ideas and they were all based on things that I saw in finance. And so if you are somebody who's on a path, especially to journalism, I think nothing beats great story ideas. So if you have a background or you're seeing things, bring those ideas to, and again, it can be cold calling. That's how I did it. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have a special leg up. I just contacted them. I, I went on their websites. I looked for the right person. I reached out. I contacted them. And another thing I would say about my story that I, I think is really something that I encourage everyone to do ask people to coffee without any kind of reservation. I mean, you don't have to have a specific pitch to someone about why you're going to get to know them. You can say, I'm I'm interested in your industry. Tell me more about yourself. I want to get to know you. And nowadays, I mean, we can do this over Zoom. You can do it over social media. You can do it on LinkedIn. All of these different platforms are entry points. And I tell people the most important thing to focus on is not who doesn't return your call, who doesn't return your email it's the one who does because it only takes one to land the job that is going to bring you to your dream career
2: awesome uh let me tell you a little bit about myself so you can so yes. when we start talking you get a sense of where i'm coming from from a uh, in-depth okay uh my degree is in mathematics uh, my minors in sociology okay and um and so uh economics i tried that degree plan couldn't get through couldn't get through. I tried my degree planning engineering couldn't get through, but math was a natural for me. Got that degree, cool. Um, I have invested in the stock several different times. One I trusted myself and then I went into the little the little funds. That's who, and then recently I decided I'm going back to where I used to think. I would pick the stocks that I wanted to, and I went to my Merrill Lynch is where I do my stock and stocking that stock uh, investment in or through. And I said, these are the stocks they want to. Well, we're going to put you in the front. I said, no, I want to mm-hmm. do. These stocks, this, I'm going back to what I trust, myself and my thought process. So I want to let you know I have a, a, some understanding of the stock market. I'm arrogant enough to tell people what I want to invest in, not saying it may be the right, <laughs> but I'm arrogant enough to say that. And so so when we start talking about GameStop, it's still, it still it, – it helped me a lot to understand what's going on. But I also have some thoughts about Robinhood, that app, mm-hmm. which I'm which really uh, – you know, it was really interesting, Rebecca. I knew about, I, I was on the outside of this story until I read, saw your documentary. So it really brought me inside and re- let me know how this is, the stock market really is about everyday people. So what yeah. brought you into the story of GameStop?
1: Um, Well, first of all, thank you for sharing that background. I love that you have that background, that you're interested in. I think that's kind of where a lot of people are coming from. You know, I covered the financial crisis, the Great Recession of 2007, 2008. And what I saw happening in the uh, financial crisis were so many people looking at their savings, their retirement savings accounts dwindling because the market was collapsing and they sold and had they not sold in that environment had they held on they would have made their money back and then some within 3 years those who sold in the financial crisis were the ones who lost the half of their life savings on average. And so to me, I'm always drawn to these various events around the stock market that that captivate and capture everyone's attention because I see a responsibility in my role covering this for ABC News to be someone who can remind people of history. And when I saw GameStop, in particular, a single stock that was boosted by hysteria and excitement and this new trend of people really spending more time online because of the pandemic and having this technology in their hand via an app called Robinhood such that they could trade 24-7. it, it reminded me of the importance both of the role to make sure that people were getting good information, solid information, and then also to really want to help people understand the difference between, for example, putting money into an individual company like GameStop versus putting money into a 401k or an IRA, which is investing, it's saving for the long term. GameStop is more the equivalent and it's not just GameStop. Anytime you put money into a single stock, it is the equivalent of betting. It's the equivalent of gambling and walking into a casino because if you're thinking of it in a short-term thing, a single stock can go up or go down. You can lose money. You can make money on a single stock. If you think about the stock market, as a whole, the collective stock market over time historically goes up about 7%. Now, one year out of out of 30, it might go down, it might go up. But over time, if you invest for the long haul, that's the most tried-and-true form of saving because over time, the market does go up. But you have to be in it for the long haul to capitalize on that, whereas with a company like GameStop, you never know. And just the hysteria, I mean, I mentioned this ask
2: let me ask you this because I yeah. want to make sure I'm on the same page with you about yeah. Robin Hood. Now, I saw Robin Hood as an app, okay? Yes. An app that you can go and buy stock on, right? I mean, you could buy Intel, you could buy Apple, you can buy GameStop in this situation. Am I correct? Are we still on the same? That's right. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay, cool. Now, the, the problem we had with Robin Hood was that, well, as you go through the story, GameStop. Was was, Everybody was buying GameStop through their app, and they didn't have the funds to cover the buys.
1: Yes. So so all of these brokerages, whether it's Robinhood or Charles Schwab Mm -hmm. or any other brokerage, when you use the app on your phone, they have to have enough collateral to make sure that they can cover any trade that you make on your phone. And there's an outside agency that oversees all of this, that makes sure that Robinhood and Charles Schwab and all the other brokerages are safe, essentially, to do and conduct business in the way that they're conducting it. Well, what happened is GameStop, so many people were buying GameStop, and many of them were using the Robinhood app to do Mm -hmm. it, but they were using all different kinds of apps as well. So many people were buying GameStop that it just became explosive. It was larger than life. And that added new risks to the system. And as a result of those new risks, um, Robinhood, as well as a number of other brokerages, got this collateral call which said you have to put up way more money than you have ever put up before in order to back these trades. And as a result, Robinhood says it made this decision to restrict buying of GameStop. And they did this on January 28th, and after they did this, you saw the stock of GameStop plummet it was like it was going like this and then
2: it went like that absolutely
3: it's finally here the season of celebration and no matter how you celebrate with family and friends whether you're preparing for reyes magos or karamu lighting the menorah or going to midnight mass kohl's has just what you need to make those traditions special plus you'll find gifts for all your loved ones send warm wishes with cozy fleeces sweaters loungewear blankets and throws So this season, give with all your heart with great gifts from Kohl's or
0: Kohl's.com. What grows in the forest? Trees? Sure. Know what else grows in the forest? Our imagination. Our sense of wonder. And our family bonds grow, too. Because when we disconnect from this and connect with this, we reconnect with each other. The forest is closer than you think. Their fearless guide to this fascinating world.
2: Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org, brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Uh, Cuz there's a couple of people in this uh, doing this uh, special. Like Jim Cramer, okay? Yes. Okay. See, there's a there's, a, there's another guy that's uh, it's kind of like he's the um he's t- kind of like the um The funny man version of Jim Cramer, who got everybody (laughs) hyped up. He wears the funny funny hats and everything. But I beg to differ. See, I go way back to, I want to say, I was writing on Me and the Boys, but by 95, between 2000, Jim Cramer was coming out of the box kind of like this guy. Hyping stuff That's when television I mean, I was sitting there, Rebecca Making decisions on Bam Making decisions on Office Depot Making decisions on Kmart stock Based on what Jim was saying So I thought it was kind of like ironic Listening to him being interviewed And you did the same thing That this guy was doing so much so That Jon Stewart called you out for giving overhyped information on your show, and he had to come on John Stewart's show to say, oh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I apologize, so to speak. And so so when he was being interviewed, I was like, okay, Jim Cramer, really? You going to sit up here and act like you weren't that version of this guy? Because we as, as, as fans of trying to get information, that's why I love this show because I'm going like, I've been on this journey, Rebecca. I've been a GameStop participant just in a different time period because it happens Mm. all the time because we, we, it might not be as drastic as this, Rebecca, but we still are led by a lead. All we want is a lead. And when we look at these people and they give us information that may be right or wrong, they 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 do their little uh, demification. Dim, don't don't follow me. I'm not an expert. Don't lead in. But, but bye <laughs> bye. And so so when you brought Jim Cramer in, what was the purpose of bringing him in? Because like I I I, I saw him as a different role because I had a different experience with him because he was a younger version. He was an older version of what I was seeing now being exposed in this documentary.
1: Sure, so okay, so I I misspoke. I, I wasn't sure who you were talking about and I thought you were talking about someone else. You were talking about Roaring Kitty. So yes. just some background. So there's a person, his name is Keith Gill, but he also has the YouTube name Roaring Kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a Reddit name that I can't say here yeah. um, yes. because we would both get in trouble for my <laughs> language. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is one of the first people who spotted GameStop Absolutely. when, when he out. was trading only a few dollars a share. Mm-hmm. He thought it was something that had value. He talked about it all over social media. Mm -hmm. A lot of people started to follow what he was saying, and they started pouring money in. And when he first started talking about GameStop, it was about $4 a share. Mm -hmm. Six months later, it got up to $350 a share. And there was a lot of conversation on Reddit and other places on social media about the importance of putting money into GameStop and this idea that if all the sort of little guys decided to act collectively together that they could really drive up the price of GameStop. Um, Full disclosure, I started my career at CNBC in television and in business (laughs) television. I have a lot of great friends there. Jim Cramer is one of them, but the reason that I wanted Jim Cramer Mm -hmm. to be a part of our conversation for for this story is because he has a front row seat. The people who watch Mad Money on a regular Mm -hmm. basis are many of the people who who are investing in individual stocks? They're looking for that leg up. They're looking for that information. And I think what's really important to keep in mind, and I think this story is is um, illustrative of that, is you know, there's two sides to every position in the market. There has to be a buyer in or if there has to be a seller in order for there to be a buyer. And I think that's what's so important is to at least know what you're walking into. So if you're going to put money into something and it's an individual stock, you have to be okay with the possibility that you could lose money. Now, Maybe all the statistics, all the data that you're reading is telling you, you know what, there's more upside than there's downside. Obviously, you you probably have to think that way in order to put money in. But the reality is there can always be downside. And when you use leverage, which is what a lot of people are now doing, it's always been the thing that hedge funds and the sort of big money on Wall Street is always using debt. It's called leverage to bolster their trades. So if I believe really heavily in something I can borrow, right. if I'm a hedge fund, I can borrow from a bank more money to put into that individual stock. And that can help me make money if the stock goes up. But of course, I lose even more money if the stock goes down. And what's really important to keep in mind here is if you're an individual investor and you're using an app, then yes, you. some of these new apps like Robinhood will give you, if you meet certain criteria, They will give you access to that leverage. But it's so important to remember that if you're using that leverage and the stock goes down, you've not only lost the money that you put in, but you're actually out even more money because you're using debt to pay for your position.
2: Wow. Um, First of all, again, like I said at the early part of our interview, fantastic special it Thank kept you. me in and this is why it was fantastic because you brought in individuals that you can share their little storyline arts about you know the, the young african-american boy who i just love to death the anonymous investor with the, with the dog you know the dog we could we see the dog but <laughs> we couldn't see him okay so we got to figure out we know who you are okay and then and then you had the, the the guy with the with the family and then the the, the, the young lady who had uh, the hispanic guy and then uh with the new new child and then you Aria. Had the, yep and then you you have the uh, the young lady with the grand with the mom who's telling the, to invest. Who you know? Why did you choose these? First of all, they're perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect, by the way. I'm just asking you from a from a producer storytelling standpoint. They work fantastic. Why did you choose them to make such a great ABC News original?
1: Thank you. Um, first, I really do appreciate your your interest in in the conversation mm-hmm. and the and the documentary. So we spent a lot of time looking at the Reddit board. So um, again, just a little bit of background for people. A lot of these individual investors who drove up the price of GameStop were spending time on, on Reddit, having conversations. Now, a lot of people, you don't have to use your real name on Reddit. So it was a lot of trial and error. People at blah, blah, whatever their name is on Reddit We would reach out and say, hey, um, I'm with ABC News. I'm working on this documentary. Do you have any interest in participating? I'd love to get to know more of your story. So of the people that you saw on camera, (laughs) probably about 10 people who had to do with, you know, did trading of GameStop, we spoke to truly dozens more. Um, And I just was on the phone constantly over that time and over email, constantly reaching out to people. And what was really important to me is that our audience got a true representation of the type of people and hear the backstories of all the different people who invested in GameStop. And, And that's really... You know, one of the things, again, that attracted me to this was how widespread it was. It wasn't just one particular group of people. People from all different walks of life got interested. And I'm so glad that um, Jaden Carr, the 10-year-old from San Antonio, struck you. We found Jaden because he invested in GameStop thanks to his mom. His mom wanted to teach him about investing in stock. And so for his birthday, or rather, excuse me, for Kwanzaa, um, she purchased a few shares of GameStop. GameStop for him so that he could see what it meant to invest in the market. And she didn't do it in the midst of hysteria. And when everyone was talking about GameStop, she did it because he liked GameStop and he shops at GameStop. And there's this old saying, invest in what you know. Mm -hmm. And that was part of what made her think about GameStop for him because he loves going to GameStop. So teach him about investing through something that he loves. And I think that's a really, as a parent, um, I'm a parent myself. My daughter's not quite, old enough to be an investor yet. She's <laughs> two. I don't know that she would understand it if I tried to teach her right now, but I love that. I think that's really a great way to teach your children about investing, starting with something they know and understand. Well, and the, the, in small amounts.
2: Absolutely. The the thing about this the e- event is that I can, you know, this is like there's gold in them their heels, you know, people ran <laughs> for the gold. It felt like a gold rush. I, it felt so like Different times in life, we see this—the gold in them, their heels. People rush yes. to the California, and, and and they risk their lives by going through dangerous Indian territory. So they might not risk money, but they risk their lives to try to seek that fortune. So that was the kind of like a period there. And then and then when you see in like in the 80s and 90s for the big bubble burst in 2007, mm-hmm. I was kind of there, you know, because that's when television, like the CNBCs, came out and started showing you people talk about stocks and talking about how you can invest in different ways, and that. When I got introduced as an African American to that, I remember me and Steve Harvey used to always act like we were stock experts. We sit around <laughs> just talking. Well, we traded over. We traded, didn't know nothing. And was, you are. Yeah, you know, we, we, we were we were what I feel that this show in your documentary or your news original special tells about. We were just everyday people. <clears throat> we gathered enough yeah. information to buy certain things based on a hunch and the belief that this would return on our investment. And that's what it showed. If some people lost. Everyday people, some people got out early, everyday people, okay. and some people still hung in there. And I thought that was really the kind of like end results of your documentary is that it was a special about individuals who make their own decisions. They all got in for different reasons, Rebecca. They all got excited for different reasons. In the end, when it came time to either stay, pull the plug, they all did it for different reasons. That really had to be a strong emotional end to a well, a well-documented special.
1: Mm. I'm I'm glad you thought that. And you know to your point earlier, it's such a good point. We see these things happening over and over again mm-hmm. when when the GameStop story first really took took on a life of its own in in sort of mid to late January, I was remembering Uh, The times during the dot-com bubble in 1999, Mm -hmm. 2000, 2001, when all these tech companies were coming out. And even though some of the technology didn't exist that exists today, for example, Robinhood, the app, didn't exist back then. There were the early days of internet chat rooms. There were the early days of people hyping, pumping, and dumping individual stocks. So, as much as things change because the technology might be new or the modes of communication might be evolved, this is something that does repeat itself time and time again throughout history.
2: You know, it's interesting that uh, you know Robin Hood it, it, you know, had the great name Rob from the rich gear to the poor. <laughs> so that's why it was really a good meteor. App and to really become the center of the conversation. But when I, but they just, they changed the rules right in midstream, you know, and, and companies do that all the time. It's like, for instance, you notice when uh, these uh, uh, gift cards, the gift cards used to be, you could keep them forever. Then all of a sudden, they came and changed the rules. So you know something? If you don't spend that gift card in a year, it's not going to be any good anymore. Because it came back to what, what burdened down or, or, or came to be the collapse of uh, what Robin Hood had to do on that date and stop buying. Is that if you don't have the money, if you have all these gift cards out there, you got to have capital to cover if one day somebody decides to show up and buy that gift uh, and use that gift card. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to change the rules. All of them changed the rules. they saying that we're going to limit the amount of time you have to buy this car, otherwise it's going to become invalid. And so that's what really wore down the whole principle of Robin Hood. They didn't think about how big they could get, and if they got that big, what's our answer? And their answer was to say, stop buying
1: Right. And they really became the poster child, too, for all of the anger and outrage, even though other brokerages made the same choice. It was because of that name, Robinhood, and the promise that they had made to democratize trading. And if you're saying you're going to democratize trading, but at the same time that, for example, a large hedge fund can do something different because they don't rely on your app, and your customer can't do that thing anymore, it does create a lot of problems. And now they're in this stage of rebuilding that trust. They still have millions of users. And in fact, their user base, um, based on the data that we've seen at ABC News, has grown throughout this whole thing. And what's really interesting to me is, if you look at what's happened both to online trading, as well as even GameStop as a name, all the attention that this story brought, good and bad, very likely will ultimately result in good things for all of these companies GameStop was a company at the early days of this year that many people had largely written off. It was a company that had been closing stores uh, that a lot of really, you know, smart people assumed was just going to go out of business. This gave it a new life and now they're in the process of hiring new people. They're in the process of reimagining what the brand will be and rebuilding and very likely if we go back in history five years from now people will say this moment and all, everything that this moment brought helped GameStop have a second life um and I and I think the pandemic people being at home looking for things I talked to a couple of guys who told me that investing in GameStop was like their trip to Las Vegas when they were stuck not able to leave the house.
2: Wow again uh, an amazing special on Hulu it's an ABC News original it's a uh, Hosted by and uh, presented by Rebecca Jarvis. Uh, you're amazing. I'm a big fan of oh. yours. I, I definitely want to bring you back on the show to talk about No Limits with Rebecca, your podcast that features game-changing women because I have six sisters. So I always try to promote and I have a single daughter. So I always try to promote women and put them out there. And also, Elizabeth Holmes, we got to talk about her. Oh, her yeah. story is amazing, amazing. But again, I wanted to bring you on to talk about this GameStop because, first of all, I finally got educated on it because of your amazing special is on who. Check it out right now. It streams 24 hours a day. It's amazing. Rebecca, thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations.
1: Rashawn, thank you so much. I really appreciate your interest and the great conversation. I'll come back anytime. This was fun.
2: (laughs) Thank you. Again, if you want to hear any interviews or see any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversations.com or my YouTube channel. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host.
3: In this season of giving, Kohl's has gifts for all your loved ones.
2: employees are speaking up, turnover is rising, salaries are increasing, hiring is tough, and burnout is real. It's time to unleash growth. It's time to transform your HR from powerless to powerful. Join ADP on February the 23rd. Reserve your spot now.
3: Go to gettheplan.adp.com to register for the Work Interrupted Summit.